Welcome to Achieving Frictionless Commerce, a podcast series brought to you by Vertex, where tax and IT experts discuss how you can create a frictionless buying experience that will better support your customers and drive future growth for your organization, as well as the surprising way that tax plays a part. Developing a smooth buying experience is a necessity for today's businesses. It's no longer an option. For IT leaders that are challenged with making this happen, the good news is that there is help out there. Welcome to Achieving Frictionless Commerce. My name is Jeremiah Aoyang, a technology analyst and entrepreneur based in Silicon Valley and your MC. Join me and my guests, experts from Vertex, a leading global provider of indirect tax software and solutions in our six-part podcast series. Together, we will discuss what the term means right now, what you can do to minimize any barriers in your customer journey, and the best steps to take that will lead to long-term organizational growth. We will also take a deeper dive into the somewhat surprising ways that tax plays a major role in reducing friction and give you a powerful example of one retailer who used tax software to do just that. Today, I'm joined by Jackie Vanderlei, the global head of tax technology at eBay, to give us some insight on how she tackled and reduced friction at eBay with the help of Vertex. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you, Jeremiah. Before we jump in, I would love to hear a little bit about your background and about your role at eBay. Sure. Right now, I'm, as you've said, the global head of tax technology at eBay. Our team really focuses on finding innovative technology solutions to ensure that eBay can keep up with legislative demands as they come in from tax authorities, but also as we as a business progress and change to make sure that we do the right thing at the end of the day. I've been with eBay almost 13 years in a variety of different finance technology and data and automation roles, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. I think it's been quite a journey with eBay. And prior to that, I spent almost 10 years at PricewaterhouseCoopers, working across the globe, finance background, auditing background, but also doing much more into data modeling and technology as I progressed through my career. Impressive background, Jackie. First, can you tell us why reducing friction is so important to eBay? Sure. You know, ultimately, we are a marketplace and it's all about our users, our buyers and our sellers. And if there is friction for a buyer or there's friction for a seller, whether they are listing, whether it's a tax part, no matter which part of their transaction, we fail as a company. And for us, making sure that there is this frictionless effort from all our users on our platform. This will be the most critical for us in terms of measuring our success. As a user of eBay, that makes total sense. It needs to be frictionless and seamless. But I would love to hear, what were the problems that eBay is trying to solve for? And what were your goals? Sure. So a couple of years ago, legislation has changed dramatically for marketplaces like eBay, where we as the platform is now responsible for the collection and remitting of sales taxes. Ultimately, the goal is, is that for eBay, especially, you know, we want our sellers to be able to list almost anything within reason, of course, on our site in any mm -hmm. way they want to list that on our site. 
However, with this new legislation, that must almost going to drive how our sellers list and how our buyers buy. And our goal was to become agnostic. Tax should be agnostic to our site experience. And how were we able to make sure that those categories in which our sellers are listing, they are not always aligned with what they call a tax category and that impacts the taxability. So for us, the whole goal was how do we make sure that they have this frictionless, easy experience that they're used to, but we are still compliant. And what I mean compliant, there's three perspectives here, right? There's a perspective that eBay is financially liable, but also my buyer should pay the right price. A buyer should not pay an inflated tax price because we got the tax category wrong. And my seller needs to stay competitive because if we charge the wrong tax, my seller is not competitive on other marketplaces. So the whole goal was how do we get this right in the most effective and easy way for our buyers and our sellers? That's a very challenging proposition to think about all three sides of the marketplace there, buyers, sellers, and of course, your own company, and then doing it in real time as quickly as possible. Who was involved in trying to determine these solutions and why were they involved? Sure. So it almost brings me to what solutions we were looking at. My first step was I got Vertex involved and it's actually a, I call it my couch story because okay. I was attending a Vertex exchange. It was my first Vertex exchange a couple of years back and I was sitting on a couch talking to a gentleman from Vertex who's in the development space at that point of time, David Deputy. And he did this presentation earlier on the keynote and I was like, listen, I have this problem and I want to go on this journey, but I want to go on this journey fast. And six weeks later, they were on campus at eBay and we started looking at utilizing artificial intelligence to actually solve this problem. We, of course, had Vertex involved. We had to involve my product and engineering folks because in the end of the day, they need to implement these models mm -hmm. on our site. And at that point of time, our tax technology team was pretty new. We were two or three people. So we also involved RSM, who is a partner of Vertex, but they're also a tax technology consulting firm. And together we created this team of people who actively worked on finding this solution. Love that. The couch story to action in just a few weeks. That's a great story. Thank you. What other solutions did you consider as you were navigating through this process? So, I mean, there's obviously the first solution, which is just manual mapping, mm -hmm. which is just not sustainable, right? We also considered building hybrid where we said, hey, it's a manual mapping with a user interface. But all of those resulted in not the right level of accuracy. Operational efficiency was just at zero. The return on investment will just not be there. It will just still not give me the accuracy and I would just put bodies at it, which is not the solution either. A final solution was to indeed change the way that our sellers list, but that was obviously for us as a company, not even an option. Let's talk more about that uh, solution that you chose and why. So we ended up using artificial intelligence to actually mm -hmm. read our listings on the site and determine the tax category with that. Now, to give you an idea of the challenges, we have over 34,000 categories on the site. Wow. And we maybe use 700 tax categories, right? That's a lot. <laughs> yes. It's mind-blowing. So, But one of the things we have is we have a lot of data. So we were able to use that data, and with the help of Vertex, 
build an algorithm that will read that and predict the tax category for us. We can keep learning from our data as things change or as new sites or countries introduce this type of marketplace legislation, we will be able to easily adapt and then actually roll that out without having to go through manual mapping exercises. We took it a step further where we said, okay, how about the ability to teach this engine to speak the local languages? Now, with all respect to translating engines, it doesn't capture the gist of a true language. Speaking a couple of European languages myself, I know that what the translation engine says and what the real way of speaking is is different. So we were able to really train these models to be able to really understand on the German site when a German seller listed it in a certain way that we're able to read it and determine what that tax category is. You're right. That is not sustainable to do that manually at all. So relying on AI, that's clearly the way to do that. Would love to hear, though, what were some of the biggest roadblocks you were facing? I think the biggest one, and, and I think you will get that in any innovation mm-hmm. or any step where you start, A, you're not just using AIML to do a job, you're doing something that's going to touch your customers, right? Because we don't want to get it wrong. So the biggest hurdle was just to bring people on this journey. Not everybody is in the world of AIML. This hasn't been done before. It was brand new. So bringing people onto that journey and convincing them that, listen, it's okay to invest in this world and it's not going to go rogue. Those were most probably the biggest roadblocks we had. The second roadblock I think we had, which wasn't per se a roadblock, it was more something we had to get over or or find solutions for, is your data. You can have a lot of data, but that data has to be usable. So finding smart and innovative ways, because we were not going to sit there and humanly label (laughs) these listings to get the data. So we had to think very smartly and we use multiple tools to actually able to clean our data and to train our models. So that stumbling block was something that we had to address. And I can happily say that today we've addressed that we are able to really, through automation, clean our data and train our models without issue within a couple of hours. It's interesting, Jackie, that the first challenge you mentioned would be an internal one with stakeholders, but we can't forget how important it is to bring along the organization. Looking back in retrospect, was there anything that you wish that you did differently through this process? You know, it's exactly that. We started bringing in or getting our stakeholders or decision makers later in the game. Mm. My biggest change I would make is is to bring them in much earlier. My original thinking was get a proof of concept, show them the proof is in the pudding, and then take them on the journey. I think if I brought them in earlier, and then that would have made my journey faster and easier because I would have been able to do that education. I think we sometimes forget that everybody is in a different place in the journey and you want them all to reach that same destination. And it might require investments on different levels to help to get folks there. So I think I would have started earlier and I would have really made sure that folks is really in the beginning of the journey that I would be able to get them there faster. Speaking of that journey, how do you measure and track success? So There is quite a few angles. I think the most obvious is just the accuracy, making sure that the taxes that we charge at checkout, that that's accurate Mm -hmm. would be the most obvious one. 
But for me, there's other things that is bigger than just the accuracy. I think the number of calls that we get from our customers about tax accuracy, that was something that we started seeing quite quickly and quite early. You know, you asked me about when did we start seeing results. As soon as we were ramped close to 100%, we started seeing that friction, obviously from sellers reaching out, to be down to 30, 40% reduction in those contact points around taxability. We still see that because that's one of our key metrics is we see it, we look at what's coming in, what type of questions are coming in and what is the level of impact. Another way we measure success is, is just looking at how our tax authorities are auditing us and what the outcome of that is. And we've definitely seen some great positive results from various tax authorities in terms of the use of this. Another thing that we look at is just the overall operational efficiency, right? The cost, the ROI. As I mentioned before, if I had to do manual mapping and the amount of people I had to do, and if I had to maintain that versus what we're maintaining today. So even when we look at the enhancements of these tools or whatever, we look at what is that ROI in the overall picture. And then, you know, as I mentioned before, it's also the liability of eBay. So what is our exposure looking like? What is our accuracy level looking like? And what is the potential liability that could hit us? Have you also measured the speed at which the site performs when you're doing these transactions? Absolutely. For us, even a nanosecond right. is for us a, an issue. So that's why we have built it in such a way that we are able to maintain our checkout speeds at the same way, regardless of these tools sitting in between. So checkout speed is something that we test in general, not just in tax. So for us, that's pretty critical. Those are amazing capabilities and metrics. Looking broader, what have been some of your results to date? I think we are still seeing a general innovation inside of our people. Because I know that we're talking about friction between our buyer and our sellers, but the market that we are in today, we have to constantly think of new ideas and new ways to make sure that there's this less friction. So I'm seeing the teams themselves who's working on these models, the engineers, the analysts, the data scientists, and even Vertex working together to constantly improve what we're doing, how we're getting there, and how are we not just accurate on the site, but also operationally efficient. I'm definitely still seeing us being much more agile to legislation changes because we sometimes see these changes going really quickly. And I think if I look back at what have been happening in the market, the speed at which we can respond is just significantly faster. I think the biggest difference between what we've built in tax or in general, what you build in tax and other products is, is that the way it goes is, is we build something, you put it in production and it goes almost like in a maintenance mode. Tax is a constantly changing environment, nonstop, especially for a global company like ourselves, which is exposed to legislation everywhere. Mm -hmm. We keep seeing those changes. And for us, it doesn't ever really go in maintenance mode. It's about making sure that we have a product that is able to adjust quickly to whatever changes may come. So for us, I think we keep in staying in a development and production zone and we have to need to have the technology and the ability to adjust to that. I think that's a great point. The agility needed in this ever-changing future, 
certainly there's many folks listening who are envious of the journey that you've taken, Jackie. You mentioned starting this journey at the couch of Vertex Exchange. From that moment, how long did the process take and what was it like working with the team at Vertex? I think it was six weeks later, the Vertex team was on site. We obviously had to get some NDAs and some legal stuff sorted out. Otherwise, I think it would have been much faster. The team was there. We became like a family. Till this day, we even still sent messages on our birthdays. Wow. We really became a true innovation team. And nobody was holding back. Vertex was not afraid to bring in different experts. If they didn't have an expert, they might have had a partner who had an expert to come in and to look at it. They didn't just say, oh, here's your algorithm here on your own. It was really helping us through the whole process. And I think from the start, but they came on site until we have our first predictions was about three months. Jackie, looking to the future, how do you imagine that tax and tax technology will change? First of all, we are seeing changes in the marketplace legislation changing globally, whether we're seeing a rise in marketplace legislation in APAC, we're seeing more of the states introducing new types of legislation. So I'm definitely seeing us having the ability to either understand the content or be able to identify those transactions. And for us, that will involve, of course, AIML, eBay as a company as we have seen our company growing and changing with our focus categories, introducing authentication options for our buyers, we are seeing that there are new types of fees coming. There's new type of taxabilities coming that we in a space that was new into, which means it will impact two sides. Vertex itself as a tax engine for us to be able to make sure we calculate it right, but then also our artificial intelligence solutions to be able to determine the right category on top of that, what we shouldn't forget is, is that there's a lot of data around tax, right? So when you ask me how tax technology is changing, the ability to wrangle that data, the ability to get the right data out there and the right reporting to our tax authorities and also the insights of what we can gain from that data. Do you have any advice for retail organizations in similar situations to you? Sure. The number one thing is that you have to think outside of the box. We are not in that situation anymore where, oh, we need to do X, we do X. You're going to have to consider if Y or Z is an option or maybe a combination of all three. And I think we need to stay back and not be afraid to think outside of the box and not be afraid to go on the journey. So I think we sometimes are so afraid of the unknown that we don't step into it and actually try I think talking to your partners, whether it's your vendors, whether it's folks in other part of the industry, I believe that that is absolutely critical. I cannot imagine going on this journey without having a tax technology partner in RSM or Vertex who is really, really open to trying something new because this was definitely a new space for them. Finally, speaking internally to other folks and hearing their opinions but also really listening for us, listening to our customers. What is it that they need and how do I make sure that all of these things come together? But I think that the most important thing is to really open up innovation, open up innovation for yourself, for your team members, and then making sure that you talk about innovation openly and realize that innovation doesn't mean, in my case, 
we didn't have a data scientist on our team. We didn't have a whole modeling setup. It didn't exist. But by speaking to other people in the industry or folks who had experience, we were able to build the solution and successfully launch it. And Jeremiah, just one of the things we didn't touch here was, is that from that six weeks later, when Vertex came on site, mm-hmm. three months later, our proof of concept was there. That's fast. And we were predicting our first transactions. And we're talking about multiple companies and teams having to come together without ever having done that. You're forcing a group of different people into a room and say, come up with a solution. And sometimes that scares folks. And I can tell you based on our experience and based with the group of people we had around the room, and there was lots of discussions and lots of whiteboarding, the fact that all of us came together and was able to put it out there at that speed just shows if you just have that open mind and that open communication, I do believe that it's possible. And if it didn't work, you would have learned from it still. So don't be afraid to try and take it out there. Thanks so much to Jackie Vanderlei for coming on the show today to share the success story of how eBay has managed to thoughtfully reduce friction. Don't forget to join us on our next episode where we discuss what your team can do to ensure your organization is set for the future and continues to scale. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. I'm Jeremiah Aoyang, your MC, and thank you for listening.